Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Unsafe Space. Um, I'm Carter. I'm joined by Carrie Smith. Carrie, I think you're muted, but I don't know why. Let me unmute you. No, you got to unmute yourself. I'm here. There you go. Uh, today, we're very excited to have a special guest on our show. His, his name is Eric July. You may know him by the name Eric July. Uh, but he does wear a lot of hats. He's host of For Canon's Sake on his Young Ripa uh, YouTube channel. He's the vocalist for the anti-statist band Backwards. I kind of wish anti-statist band became a category in music, but we'll see. Uh, and he's the co-founder of Being Libertarian. Um, he's also a gloriously incorrigible anarcho-capitalist, which makes me feel right at home. Um, we'll put his Twitter links and his YouTube links and that kind of stuff below. Uh, Eric, welcome to Unsafe Space. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me. Eric, I was just, uh, like I said before we started, I was a little late to get on the stream with you and Carter because I was watching your uh, takedown of Marvel, your rant. I was really enjoying it. And I just want to say especially thank you for spending time with us today after you just did your own live stream. I know that's a lot of energy. Oh, but. man, this is this is my life. So yeah, you get used to it after a while. I just, again, appreciate you guys reaching out and uh, we can, I'm glad we can make this happen. So I've got a quick question for you. Uh, are you are you uh, does Facebook hate you for some reason? Because I just got to notice that they deleted our Facebook version of this live stream. We're only on YouTube. Uh, so I'm going to blame you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're not the most fond of me. They've um, I've actually had to recently move to a, a format to where just my videos go up. I don't do any like text uploads or anything else because they. Man, they've banned me, demonetized me, remonetized me, banned me again. So I'm just like not even dealing with it. So yeah, I'm not <laughs> in the best best blessings. Wow. Huh, I wonder why that is. I thought they were supposed to listen to black voices. Oh no, the there's an asterisk next to it. Uh when they when they say listen to black <laughs> oh. voices. <laughs> <laughs> not his. By yeah, the way, exactly. does your shirt say Mises nose? Yes, it does actually. Yes. Dude, does. that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> It does. <laughs> <laughs> I know other people are geeking out on the Marvel stuff behind in the background, but I'm geeking out on your shirt. So. <laughs> I was wondering, as someone who doesn't have that immediate connection, and, and I'm not a narco-capitalist, I've been doing this podcast with Carter for uh, over two years now, and I'm still trying to figure out what it is. So <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of kidding there. I'm wondering if you could explain to people, because I just saw also in your Twitter feed, there are still uh, young people who are learning from you about libertarianism. And my own journey was, I was a hardcore, I was in the social justice movement for about 20 years. Um, and I, I didn't come out of it until about four or five years ago when I started to, things kind of accelerated. We reached an acceleration point. We just reached another one, I think. But uh, when those things accelerated, I realized, wait a minute, this is a, this this movement supports violence and censorship, and that's not what liberalism is. So I divorced myself from it. And when I did, a lot of people started telling me, Carrie, you must be a libertarian now. And I never really felt comfortable saying I am because I don't know enough about it. So could you explain to people what is libertarianism and how is it different from anarcho-capitalism? Uh, great question. Well, um, so libertarianism, I, I always start with the, the basics of, of, of private property rights. I know a lot of people start with the non-aggression principle, but I think in order to understand what that is, we have to talk about, you know, the private property right aspect of it. And unfortunately, people look at it only in terms of like what's material um, or what's uh, t tangible instead, like 
uh, uh, in terms of property, but they don't look at it in oneself. And that is you own yourself and therefore own your body. Um, and that's why nobody has the, the, the right to use aggression um, upon you. That is considered, let's say, a, bod a bodily invasion, um, if you will, if someone, let's say, attacked you. So when I talk about libertarianism, I always worded in the sense of that it's about this sort of kind of absolute private property right um, in, in terms of concept. The separation from that and, and, and anarcho-capitalism is that libertarianism kind of has a scale right there where you have a lot of them, if not most libertarians are more minarchists, where they believe that the state should be around, but it should uh, exist for like court systems and and and, and police and, and, and stuff like that, national security. Whereas to the anarcho-capitalist says, well, we accept that the market is best suited um, and we want as many actions, again, the foundation of libertarianism, we want as many actions as we can possibly get to be voluntary why would we make an exception for, let's say, the state? If we recognize that the market is best suited to handle a lot of these issues, why not the court systems? Why not law and other stuff? So that's what that's the the more people call it the more extreme end of the libertarian spectrum, which is why I always worded in the sense that not all libertarians are anarcho-capitalists, but all anarcho-capitalists are libertarians. Okay, that makes sense to me. Thank you. <laughs> I like that. I like that you're not starting with a non-aggression principle because one thing I have a, a problem with with libertarians a lot of times is they they have this idea about the non-aggression principle, but they don't really know how to apply it, and so it ends up with this kind of very diverse, not necessarily in a good way, very diverse set of beliefs where yeah. you know it, it, there's not really anything coherent and private property. I mean. You're also actually just describing the essence of capitalism, which no one really talks about. But if, you know, my daughter asked me the other day what capitalism was like fundamentally. And, you know, I, the only answer I really have is private property. It's yeah. just private property. That's all it is. It's private property. The end. That's capitalism. Um, yep. But I don't think I don't think people really think of libertarianism that way. Can you talk about like, did you vote for Joe Jorgensen? Were you like a libertarian, like politically active libertarian? No, I never. I mean, I was a politically active libertarian early on in my like journey of being a libertarian. And that's when I was uh, doing my thing. And, you know, that was back like when when Gary Johnson, like first time him, him uh, doing his thing where that was the last time that I was like politically active in a sense where I would get out there and, you know, be a campaign and do stuff like that. That was back then. I stopped. I abandoned that after that because I, I started to realize that there was a larger problem here and that if I want to be able to navigate and communicate these ideas, I have to be most effective in my own respects. And I'm not a politician. I don't want to be one. I'll never be one. And my talents are more so better suited. or I'm more useful to this movement if there is to be be one doing what it is that I do and, and leading with like culture. And I always, I have this fundamental belief that you know, it's the lagging indicator politics. You change the culture, the politics change by, by default. It's not generally maybe some, some ex examples here and there, but for the most part, it's not the other way around. It's culture changes, the politics change by default. So I would much rather uh, lead with that. So certainly right now, as though every day is someone reaching out to me, Hey, would you endorse this candidate? Something like that. I, I, I still do to this day go speak to, you know, an event. So like host by the local libertarian party or something like that. I'm just not a member uh, in, in a sense uh, or uh, politically involved like that. I'm always leading with culture, but I don't like hate 
those guys. Like there's definitely those Mises Caucus guys. Those guys show me a lot of love. I have no problem doing events uh, uh, with them if it makes sense. But me personally is not me leading with politics is just not something that you're going to catch me doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I agree. We talk about that a lot on the show. We we talk about you know the famous Breitbart quote, uh, which I'm going to mangle, but something about politics being down, downstream, downstream of culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and we also talk about actually philosophy being upstream of culture. Um, so it actually like changing culture requires. And the more I think about it, actually, it's probably changes psychology as well. But philosophy and psychology kind of drive culture fundamentally. Mm-hmm. And those the the thing that's frustrating about that is those are super long cycles that's like it takes like a hundred years yeah. or like generations to make a change right no yeah, no these are the things that that aren't they don't happen overnight um and this is i guess that's the hard thing about it when you're trying to move people uh, over towards liberty or rather you want that to come into fruition in a way like in your in your lifetime which is i think what what most of us want People need to understand that it's not going to happen um, overnight when you consider definitely how indoctrinated a lot of people are. I mean, not just care. I came from the left, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and and it's like that was a journey and it took me a minute. It, it took me a little bit to, to get yeah. it. But uh, it's going to take some time. So in order to change and move that move that needle, it's, it's going to take a lot of people being in those trenches, trenches like that. It's not something that's going to happen happen overnight, which I think a lot of people want and they expect. And unfortunately, that's just not a a reality. Really, it's never been over the course of human history. Now, it may be accelerated now because of we're connected as we've ever been. We don't have to rely upon newspaper and horses and stuff to get information out. We can just upload videos. So I think that we can use technology to our to to our advantage, but still is going to take some time. How long did it take you to leave the left? Because that's that's something people ask me a lot. It, it was about a six month process for me to get over my fear to even say that I was mm. questioning the ideology. And then after that, you know, it's, it's still evolving, figuring out what I think about things. I sort of think of it as an unfinished process. You should constantly be evaluating what you think. But but how long would you say it took you to that process of? leaving the left? Yeah, I would say like the, obviously the process started when I was probably eight. No, nah, nah, it was like more closer to, yeah, not, like that was, so that's 2000 with eight ish, 2009 ish after more so Obama had, had got elected. And I would say that process, the, 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 the seed got planted probably that year that around that 2009 and it probably manifested itself I would say about a year after that, when I was like, I, I I went there and I wanted, I learned about what these concepts were because it's often it's like, like what you were putting it. We know what it is, kind of what it is that we are, but a lot of people don't know that there's a word for it. You know what I mean? I think that's what, yeah. uh, or, or, or there was, it's already been theorized. Like a lot of people yeah. don't, don't understand that. And I think that's where what happened with me. It's like, maybe I am this, and then you start learning more about it. It's like, oh, no, this is this makes sense. This is what what is right. What I feel is certainly right. So it wasn't that long of a process. I think the long or, or for me to get it, it was more. I think the longer process was understanding, OK, how do I then take that and then communicate that with, with other people? Because I know I'm kind of in this form of like activism. That is what's been the the, the challenge for me. And. I, I figured it out eventually and I and I did it within my own space. It was me having to understand that 
everybody kind of has their role certainly in it, which is why I don't, unless you crap on me, I won't go there with you. All these fellow libertarians, I'll let them do their own thing until they, it, it, to the ones that make it known that they don't, all right, then whatever gloves off. But I understand that everybody has their way of going about it and their appeal is is different. You know, there are mm-hmm. I, I, people always ask me like, hey, man, you're involved in music. You use, you use that as your vehicle. What advice do you have uh, for other people? I'm uh, Dude, I can't tell you how to navigate the subcultures you're in. I can't. I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm in it. I can. But if I'm not in it, I don't know. But I do believe that that in itself, no matter what it is, can in a way be a vehicle to then change the minds of the people that you're around. Um, this is what say what you will about the left. That's the long game that they played and they recognize yeah. that. They recognize yeah. that to a T. Like that's how we get these definitely these future generations once they got control of uh, of entertainment, uh, education. Like they were they were good. They were good for the next. They don't have to have the right ideas. It doesn't matter. You know, they they have everything else. So um, they played the long game and it's time for I think people to start taking a bite out of that and understanding what that means going into like the future or the near future. That, that leads me to something I wanted to ask you about, because you're you're sort of a modern day renaissance man. I mean, you are a musician. You're in the you're the front man of uh, the band Backwards, which is like hip hop influence metal, you know, as Carter said, anti-statism band. Um, and then on Twitter, I love your your feed is so refreshing because you talk about all kinds of things and you you know, you talk about well, like today, Marvel Comics and um, we talk about gun rights and and you you have a cute dog that you paste pictures of. Um, <laughs> but you you kind of are, you know, you're aware of and you're not afraid to to talk about all these all these different parts of culture and of politics in the world. Um, one, one of the things you were saying in your live stream before you came here was you were you were talking about how there's no creativity in the new Marvel X-Men. Yeah. What did what do you think is um, the roadblock for creativity in in legacy entertainment or mainstream entertainment right now? And then how do we overcome that roadblock and start Ooh. creating our own uh, vehicles, creative vehicles? Right. Like, well, I think it's unfortunately a lot of people feel like they have to lead with their with their um, sometimes it's political, sometimes it's social views. And they feel like they have to beat their audience in the head. So they lead with that first. See, I'm glad you brought up the band, for example. If you notice, I started, like, even with the first song that we released, kind of, it was Grindstone. That was the name of it. And it was us kind of figuring out what kind of style we wanted to kind of go with and stuff. We And it, and it was professional. You saw it sounded real good. It, it We had a music video that looked real good. It was a very professional um, uh, music video. And that's where we came from, though. It was more of we got good at what it was that we we did. So when I became when I I was like confidently rapping, for example, when I when it's something that I do and I'm not screaming or singing, I became really, really good at that. Like I I can I can spit. Right. And then when it came to like the screaming and the singing, like this is stuff that I've been growing up doing, doing forever. And the musicians in our bands are like incredible. We all came from before we even formed backwards. My band is still going uh, far from the gods, like as well as other bands that they that the other guys were in. We were all from successful projects. We beat on our craft and we led with that. So it was get good first. Yeah. 
then do it. The other people are like, I have a social preference or a social view. I am leading with that. So a lot of these guys are creatively bankrupt, unfortunately, because they're leading with that. And like the video that we were watching with the Children of Adam stuff, where they're just re-swapping, making Gambit a, a black female version of Gambit. I don't know who the hell asked for that. Um, that's creative, like creatively bankrupt because they're so worried about the like the representation, diversity aspect of everything. And it shows itself in this yeah. absolutely terrible, terrible, terrible work. So I do believe, though, that that stuff can be combat. You know, we've kind of in that last stream, we're talking about some stuff that I'm launching as well. And some of our colleagues, I know you, you know, you've been on uh, uh, Friday Night Tights and, you know, some of you know guys over there that have been involved like EBS and all those guys that have done their own comic books. So million million dollars worth of comic books. And I do think that now more than ever, that sort of in independence is, is offered to us that we didn't have before. You know, so with, with like the the Indiegogo, this technology more than anything, how advanced and distribution is not monopolized anymore. We can do whatever it is that we want and people are becoming more and more bold to do it. So I do think that and this is what I challenge people with, because now they see, I think, more than ever, definitely with the Gina Carano situation, for example, mm -hmm. people are seeing more more than ever how deep this crap runs. Right. But. The positive thing is that I believe that it's within the realm of possibility for that tie to change. If people just consider supporting just a little bit, I, I don't expect to wean people off of Marvel or DC like like that. It's not going to happen. It's not going to be a light switch. But let's say if it was in a, in a form of like a percentile of 100 percent, let's say instead of 100 percent going towards supporting people that will then get an award and then tell you how much they hate you or you're the worst person in the world. How about you put 51% of that into supporting people that are good at their work, most importantly. So they're, they're putting it out and it's legitimate, not just because they have the right ideology or something, but that are good. And let's say, oh, no, don't hate you. It's something that we have to kind of get our audience to get used to. And the leftists, again, they played because they played the long game. They got control of things that we grew up on. And it's hard to wean people off that. It's Marvel Comics, man. It's DC. It's Star Wars. It's, it's yeah. like that. It's going to be hard to compete with those. But I don't think it's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely have emotional hooks in an entire generation. Um, where are we in the culture war? <laughs> losing. <laughs> losing. Uh, I, I, I'm just going to be honest. I hate to. I hate to be that guy, but I think you have to be honest with 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 the situation to come up with a plan to win. We're losing. Yep. Liberty's losing. Liberty is losing. And I think a lot of it has to do with I talk about this on Blaze TV all the time. News and why it matters that, dude, we not we as in like myself, but a lot of folks that are libertarians and even conservatives, unfortunately, try to project their they're like right minded thinking onto their their adversaries. Right. The people that are controlling all this stuff. It's a losing strategy because they're not operating like that. They don't operate like that. Yes. And, and, and you can't you just can't. It's, it's not a winning strategy. So unfortunately, the culture where we're losing and I do think it can be corrected. But people have to get out of this mind like, OK, we're at the table here. A lot of us, no matter where it is that we we are, we got here, a lot of us, by way of some sort of reason, some sort of logic. That's not that side, right? So right. if we're arguing with them, 
as if they're us, we're not going to win. And this is why so many of uh, so many, I think, in my honest opinion, why so many like libertarians and, and conservatives have neglected culture because they're like, I got the right ideas. That's enough. And it's not. Unfortunately, it's not. So do I think part of it is the active pushing out? Yeah. But a lot of it is as well is the constant neglect for how important that is. That is an aspect that a lot of people have ignored because they feel, well, I'm the smartest person in the room using me as an, a musician. Why am I the only one in the metalcore and the hardcore space that's doing something that has these ideas and I'm unafraid to talk about it? That's the problem, right? It's not that we're that that, that it's like just that they're pushing us out. I believe there's, a, there's some merit to that, but also it's we're not there. We're not there. People don't value that. So they go and throw their money behind people that they that, that, that they hate. I think if people, whether it be from an investment standpoint, were involved in those subcultures, the culture war will start winning it. But right now we're losing it. And a lot of it's by way of, of playing a rigged game and not understanding that what we're up against. Yeah, yeah. I our listeners will have heard me say this before, but I'm just curious about have you read um, Jonathan Haidt's book, The Righteous Mind? Mm-mm. You, I think, would really appreciate part of this book because he talks about how our our minds work. You can picture it like a rider on an elephant, the rider being our rational mind and the elephant being our emotional mind, and how we all like to think we make our decisions with the rider in control, but it's really our elephant. Mm. And to some people, when, you know, maybe to varying degrees, this is true. But for people on the left, I think especially, they make decisions emotionally. Absolutely. And and so that's what I hear. You're echoing what he talks about, which is if you want to change someone's mind, someone's mind, you have to make the emotional argument. It's it's good to have obviously to have the facts on your side, but you can't lead with those. Yep. You actually have to lead with the motion and story and creativity and all of that. That's the truth. That's <laughs> that's what the left figured out. They understood that. Like I mean, again, they might not have the right ideas, but they right. they, they can they have the vehicle to be able to communicate it, and that that's why it works. Yeah, I mean, I, you're making me think like this. This is why this is the advantage of owning early childhood, which the left does and has for uh, many, many generations. Is prior to trying to explain through reason what their arguments are, they they get they win emotionally and psychologically. They're the kids grow up ready f- to accept an authority's answer mm-hmm. and ready to defer to their classmates about what's right and wrong and ready to accept ideas based on what feels right and emotional argument. Like they grow up with a psychology that's primed for bad ideas to just kind of come in and use all these, what we might call logical fallacies to pull them over and get them to act in certain ways and get them to be the kind of activists. Um, I'm not sure without rewinding and going back to childhood, it's actually very difficult to get an adults to, to switch, to change their mind like that. Yeah. That's, that's again, that's the long game that they played. And um, it, it's a very tough thing to, to combat because they have, it's like, they're just, it's like a meal, man. Like they get to pump out more of these guys because they have definitely from the educational standpoint, they have control of that. So I, I know we've talked about this, for example, with this whole, the COVID stuff, whether it be with jab or the mask thing, like, you know, you're, you're breeding people to just accept this as a thing that people must do. And it's a prime example of it. Cause now a lot of young folk are like, 
yeah, well, it's what we have to do. It's like, why? 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 Why do why exactly? We haven't been doing it. Why are we doing it now? And it, it's it's a difficult thing to combat. It's a difficult thing to combat. I think it can be combat, but it's a difficult thing to combat. And the minute that people that people understand more so how to navigate, I think they come up with those creative ways to be able to break that. I call it like a communicative ice barrier is more so what it is. Break that to be able then to get that person to listen. My music has probably been for me, aside from like the comic book stuff. For me, the music's been the number one thing that has gotten me to get people to listen, right? That otherwise would not have. The amount, it's insane. Would it be people reaching out to me in the inbox, coming to us after the show, um, saying, hey, we never heard these ideas until we saw y'all perform or until we heard this song, until I loved this music. And then I wanted to look into the vocalist and I saw him talking about that stuff. See, it wasn't that I led with the idea. It was that that music was something that they already enjoyed and could could relate to because music in itself has its own kind of aura there. And and that's what broke broke it for for them people, those people. I think the same can be said for the the other things that I'm involved in, whether it be with the come so many of people that have come to my material by way of I saw you covering Supergirl or something like that. Now I'm a libertarian because I I, I saw other video. It, it, it sounds crazy, but that's the reality of the situation. Like that's what that's that communicative ice barrier that got broken because I did a review on Cyberpunk, or I, I made a good song that they liked, or I talked about a comic book. Like it it sounds trivial, but it's not in the long run. That's what that's the game that the left have been playing, and they had been winning. Yep. What do you make of the argument that uh, I mean? Because you said we're losing the culture war, and I think. I don't want to speak for Carrie, but I agree. I think she would maybe almost agree. I don't know. Uh, but um, what do you make of the argument that, well, uh, we need to just accelerate it because the more ridiculous it gets, the more like there's the frog in the pot analogy. What the left has been doing for for a century is they ratchet it up a little bit every year, ratchet it up, ratchet it up. And people tend to look around them and say, whatever is going on now is normal and fine. And so whatever now is, is correct. And if they ratchet up now over a period of a hundred years and, and make it more and more leftist or more and more authoritarian or more and more statist, people just kind of look around. Oh, Matt, like our kids are going to grow up going, well, being told by the government, you have to wear masks and shutting down businesses is normal. That's the normal thing. Cause that happened and that now that's normal. So now, you know, the next level can be, they can ante it up. What do you, what do you say to the argument that like, let's just force them to just go full tilt, crazy authoritarian, scare everyone. And it'll be a massive conflagration, but maybe we'll come out winning in the end. I don't know. Yeah. I, I heard people, I mean, you get people, they call it black peel, right? They get the people that think that this it's done. It, it what is, what is, and we need to have a collapse. The reason why I'm not that and, and why I don't necessarily agree with that approach is because just because it comes down doesn't mean that we get on the other side and it's better. It could be worse. Right. It could be worse. Like it absolutely could. And, then, you know, we, we've seen examples um, of this. Look at the USSR. You know what I mean? Like uh, how that was a slow between the regime, but the, the original Russian Civil War all the way to Stalin, like it got progressively worse. Though those um, systems, if you will, had had to come down. You know, I'm of the opinion that 
if if like this is why I don't believe in like this sort of light switch anarchism. I always say this, and that being against the state, for example, or it like I, I get I've gotten in trouble with like uh, a group of libertarians for this for, for for bringing light of this where they're like, well, you support this, and in that case, it was like a, a, a cryptocurrency at the time, and they're like, you have to support this because it's it, it will bring down the state, so you have to bring be be all in on it, and I say. Just because this one collapsed doesn't mean that we won't get on the other side with one that may actually be worse than the one that we have right now. This is why I think it's so important to change people's minds, because it does you no good if the system itself collapsed, yet the individuals within it still think the way that they think. They're just going to rebuild it. And quite often they're going to be like, well, we should have done it more if we if we had more control and we and we were able to implement more of our ideas, we would have prevented this from happening. You can kind of see that approach right now. Yeah. Uh, the, the left with gun rights, they're like always one regulation away from stopping everything, right? <laughs> always. There's always one, one just, just one more regulation. You saw that with COVID. It's another example of that. We went from 15 days to slow to spread. We're, a year, we're over a year into this bad boy, right? Like we have to change people's people's minds first because if we don't, what we unfortunately risk is that if it collapses or it gets it to like a complete totalitarianism, it won't be worse because just when you do think it can get worse, it absolutely or can't get worse. It can. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, if current you- culture got to build society from scratch, it would be worse than where we are now, obviously right now. Oh, gosh. Like, can you imagine Amazon, Facebook, Google, exactly. and Twitter get together and rewrite the Constitution? Exactly. Oh, yeah, we're not that far <laughs> off. Uh, let me ask you a question, Eric. How do you, being someone who thinks that we're losing the culture we're currently and that things might get worse on the other side of the, hopefully what will be the collapse of this kind of authoritarianism, how do you maintain positivity and go about your day and because we have a lot of people, I mean, I'm sure you've encountered this too. A lot of people in our audience sometimes who are like, I'm just so overwhelmed. There's something yeah. new in the news every day. And so what what kind of what kind of advice do you have or what do you practice in your life that gives you peace? Man, it's part of why I am involved in so many different things um, because of that. I mean, it's if I was just a lot of people came to know me by way of me talking strictly about politics. If that was all I did, I would go crazy. There's no way that I could, I could, me personally, I could, I could do that just all the time. But the beautiful thing that, if anything, though, I think the internet has produced a bunch of bull crap as well. It's also allowed us to connect with people that we otherwise would just, we just wouldn't have been able to do. And I value that. I value community. And it's something that I take very, very serious. And people that follow me understand that because I want people to understand that they're not alone. Definitely if they live in some of these uber like crazy liberal areas, like people that are like in California, New York City or something like that. And they feel like they're because in large part they are surrounded by crazy people. Right. I want them to understand that not that you're not the crazy one. You're not the you're not the crazy one. Some people think that that they're the crazy ones because they're like, I think this and I'm thinking I'm right. But all these people around me are saying the complete opposite. I think the importance of community and the importance of connection. And that's what keeps me going 
is the fact that what it does is it highlights the fact that there are other folks that think like this and you're not actually the one that, that, that that's that's wrong here. So community to me is important in my own community, for example, is what really keeps me keeps me going. I've been able to build that because of the multitude of different things that I'm involved in. But most importantly, that in itself. And I've seen people get a lot from that, like supporters within the community linking up with each other. And that manifests itself in, in, in other ways. Um, and I think that sort of connectivity is important. So that's I say gravitate towards those like minded people. It's not an invaluable thing. It's a very valuable thing and also can keep you keep you absolutely uh, uh, sane among this. And the, and the list is growing. It's growing. Keeping those guys um, around is, is I think, uh, is a more harder task. But there are people that are being converted to these ideas. Um, and I think it's important to continue to communicate those and just be more creative in terms of how we do it and utilize culture as our vehicle. Yeah. Are you? Familiar are we headed with towards? The, go ahead, Carrie. Sorry. Are you familiar with the Ash conformity experiments? I just learned about these in, in the fifties. They did these studies, and they've done them a lot since then, where they would bring people into a room and they would draw these different length lines, and they would ask them to pick the tallest, the longest line, and five of the people would be plants who would pick the wrong line. And then the other guy, they'd be watching to see what he did. Mm. And they found that like 75% of the time, people would pick the wrong line if the uh. other people in the room did. And so Carter and I, when we first talked about this, I was thinking, so like only 25% of the people always picked the truth, always picked the longest line. Um, that seems kind of low, but now I think that's kind of high. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds high. What do, you, <laughs> what, what do you think? Is that is that reason for optimism? Is twenty five something to shoot for? Oh, that's true. That's a good point. That, that's hard to answer. That's hard to answer. I mean, but I, I think if anything, what it does is it just reinforces that that idea that a lot of people are doing it just because they go through the motions. Hell, I was a leftist just for the longest family leftists or just I thought that was the thing to do until I started of course thinking thinking a little differently or rather thinking for myself uh more than anything but a lot of people are sheep I mean it, it, I, I'm not hard I don't think I'm being harsh when I say that a lot of people do stuff just because they see other people do it like that's literally what they do definitely when it comes to political um and, and social approaches and I know this because the crazy amount of people that are involved in the industry, a lot of these prints, for example, I'm not going to call them out because they they I respect that they that that they want to remain anonymous. A lot of these prints that people see, some of them, they're not I'm not getting them from the stores. I'll get them from like the original artists of the work who will reach out to me and they're like they work for Marvel or they don't work with D.C. And they're like, I agree with a lot of what you say. I can't do it. I can't say it because it will cost me my job or the people around me. They adopt this position. Music, we deal with that. It's always the drummer or something uh, uh, of a band. You know, we go on tour with like, man, we I agree with a lot of what you're saying. We can't do that. We can't say that. But I agree. A lot of folks are just going through the motions and they they do that because it's political. We're more so it's socially expedient. It's socially expedient, which is why they were just, well, everybody else doing it. So I guess I'll do it because not all people are confrontational. They're only confrontational if they can be confrontational with a group behind them. Most people don't care to to meet that. And that's gotten me in a lot of trouble because as confrontational as I am here, we had a debate on my stream uh, today. I ain't got no problem with going into the to the group of people being like y'all are all wrong. That ain't that ain't <laughs> like, that, that's, no, I, that's no issue with people with me. But a lot of people aren't like that, and that's something that 
uh, I, I've had to grow to learn that just not everybody's a confrontational person. And a lot of people are sheep. And it's hard to be optimistic, yeah. but I think the more that people see examples of people that are in those spaces that are like, you know what, screw it. They, they gain some sort of inspiration. Yeah. Plus, the, Well, it makes the, sense biologically, right? Like that you would turn to your social, like if you're, if you're in a tribe biologically and everyone else sees a tiger behind the tree and you don't, like you die if you don't just go off of their knowledge and be like, all right, well, I must be, I must have something wrong with my eyes because, uh, you know, everyone else is is saying this thing. I think Rand called it social metaphysicians was the term she used. But yeah, yeah. Are we are we, are we diverging a, yeah. as a culture? Are we coming? Are we gonna? Is there gonna be a reconciliation? Are we gonna solve this? Are we gonna? Or is is the solution gonna be we separate as? Culture. I think. Oh, look, I'm a. I'm a. I've always believed secession is probably if it is going to be a political tool to to get us out of these problems. The most peaceful. Let's say that. I think it's going to be separation and as opposed to trying to mesh people together. That hey, this doesn't mean that you can't simultaneously um, like say that. Look, I'd rather us be cordial and, and cool, but also. You can't force people. You're you're, in, you're ensuring conflict. Let's say that, an often violent one. If you know people hate each other and you're trying to force them to to have to either live amongst each other, share spaces, uh, and, and what have you. So I'm one of those guys that I'm not a separatist by any means, and I'm certainly not an inter integrationist. Uh, so it, it's more of one of those approaches. Like I just want people to be free to make the decision for themselves. Um, so if they want to separate. While all means do it, if they want to integrate with other people that want to, from a cultural standpoint, would love to have them, by all means, let them do it. I think the state, unfortunately, forces one way or the other. And that's why we hate it so much. And that's why often that lives up, ends up in violent conflict. So it's, it's hard to say if I think we are kind of pulling away. I don't in itself. And maybe this is where a lot of people disagree. See that as necessarily an objectively bad thing. I think of it more like that's something. It's a thing. It's it got there involuntarily or volunt if it gets there voluntarily more. So look, it is what it is. I would much rather those guys be able to peace peacefully separate than have to be forced. If I had to choose between the two, to try to like force them to like kiss up, kissing each other. And you guys that have kids understand that ain't. <laughs> hey, you you and your brother got in a fight. Y'all need to hug each other right now. Yeah, that's gonna work. Right, right there. No, it's not. That's not necessarily how how it works, you know. So uh, I believe that let people voluntarily come up to whatever conclusion it is that they want want to come to. We had a question for you. We had a super chat uh, with a question. He, this is Curtis. He says, "Hello from the free state of Montana, Eric. I want to know your stance on the vaccine. Will you take it? I refuse to take it. My doctors also won't take it." I've said that the only way that I consider taking a, a vaccine is if uh, that particular vaccine is if we learn that it unlocked an X gene and people started <laughs> shooting laser beams out of their eyes, they got super strength, they uh, started flying or something like that. And the, the, the thing that we that we that we we could say happened between all of them that they got the jab. OK, then I step back and I'm like, hmm. We consider this thing, you know, that, but that's the only way that I do it. 
That's not the answer I was expecting. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a great answer. That's the only way that I do it. It's a hell no for me. And the reason why it's a hell no, because it's experimental, man. Yeah. We, just to sit up here and, and think that I'm about to be injecting something into me that they just found out about and they already claim to got the solution for. Come on, man. Like it, it wasn't a chance in it. And my doctors are the same way. The doctors that I have are like, dude, you're healthy. It, it, come on. <laughs> With your age group, your health status, you're talking to over 99 percent survival rate. This depending on which or which one of the vaccines is like a 95 efficiency. What does that mean? Like, why on earth would I take this? No, it's going to have to be a no. Unless, like I said, maybe we know. Maybe we get a couple of Cyclopses uh, going around. And, and then at that point, we consider it. Like, I, I'll, I'll actually put it on the table. Be like, all right, guys, this, what's the percentage? Is it like 50-50? All right, well, I'd I risk it. But it, it, that don't look like that's going to be the case. So it's going to have to be a no for me. In your uh, Marvel rant before the show, you were you were making fun of the fact that you showed a video of one of the Marvel executives or someone creative people, creative people saying that uh, here's some of the new updates with the bar, the characters. And oh one God. of them has a TikTok and one of them is an Instagram influencer. Maybe you could call them and pitch the idea that uh, one of them becomes a part of the X-Men because of the COVID vaccine. Because maybe <laughs> maybe that'll be more creative than the bull crap that they're putting out there. That'll be way more creative. Like, no lie. Like, hey, it's unlocking it's unlocking X genes, man. And that's everybody that got the jab because of whatever. That's way more creative than whatever yeah. bull crap that they're doing right now. Cause holy crap, it's like self-inserts and and like weird kind of tokenizations and like I just they're just creatively bankrupt over there. And then you just see these people on video just lying through their teeth, like, hey, look at us. This is these new characters, and it's like. A, a, a black female version of Gambit, and I'm like, what the f-? like that's the best y'all could come up with. Yeah, they're creatively bankrupt over there in Marvel, man. Did you did you see the politician? Both of you, I don't think we've talked about this, Carter. I forget who it was, but there's a I saw a video of a woman, and she was giving a speech, and it sounded her the way that she her oration her oration sounded a bit like a preacher, and she was saying, "I got the vaccine." Oh, I've seen that. You saw it. I didn't look up all the ingredients in the vaccine. I didn't ask what was in the vaccine. I have no I, personal responsibility. I, I make decisions based on what the authorities say. You should also do that. Yeah. She thought this was a good thing to do. Yeah. I my mind. Like, yeah. That's how that's how deep in this indoctrination that we are. You think you're telling that telling people that is supposed to convince them. So, yeah. yeah, I did it. You, I didn't even think about it. Like, they just told me to do it. I did it. What's the big deal? Like, dude, you're telling me you explaining that like that is like, wait a minute, what are we doing? Like, it just it just makes it come into fruition. Like, it brings the picture together here when you see it. It's a zombie. It's a yeah. Silly, man. It's zombie brag. I'm going to call it a zombie brag. Yeah. I have no brains. So, wait, what would your what would your superpower be, Eric? That's a good question. I, I always think that's going to be super, super speed. I'm a track and field athlete. You know, I did it all the way through the collegiate level. So I think at some point, my athletic ability, that, that's probably what's going to be. But I'd be the guy that get get super speed. And I would welcome that. That's why I, I talk about, you know, we talk about coach. It's funny. That was my relatability. And that was my the character that I loved growing up was the Flash. Um, because of yeah. that, like, I was like, hey, I'm an athlete. I'm fast. Oh, mother, mother introduces me to this comic book. And there's this character that just literally is powered. To run fast, and that was my way of, uh, you know, being being a Flash fan when I was when I was younger. How would you use 
your super speed to help fight for liberty? Oh man, that is that is an incredible question. <laughs> that is that is such a good question. I like to think that I'd want to try to rid the 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 uh, use it to rid the world of like the like the great human atrocities if I could. Um, but I mean, I read enough comic books to know it doesn't seem to go down that way. It's not as easy. Like <laughs> you try to end the war and create a, three more wars uh, in addition to it. So I don't know. It, it's hard to say. I like to think that I do it. I use it for good, not just okay. I want to go to the grocery store real quick. I'm gonna run there real fast, <laughs> come back, and that's, that's all. Valid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's you know what I wanted to do. I mean, I guess hey, whatever. But I like to think for sure, just because liberty is ultimately what what I want to do, then I do it. Maybe I use it to like destroy the Federal Reserve or something. Uh, that's a great one. I like that. What if you could also just round up all of the teachers and oh, yeah. replace them really you quickly? Honest. You could replace their curriculums really quickly. No yeah. one would notice. Oh, maybe. Oh, that's a good one. Definitely. Really. <laughs> like, yeah. See that? And that see that? That's forward thinking right there. That, that, that's playing C's right there. See, that's that's the type of stuff that. That's why I would need a need a team of, uh, of people with big brains to, to help me out. Just <laughs> I could, I could imagine that I can imagine the high school teacher, like they've got their slides up and you come in and like, they're starting to say taxation is theft. Who put, how did that get taxation is theft? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I This is not a question, but I just wanted to read it because I thought this is really nice. And I know we know this guy. This is a pistivist. He gives a super chat and he says, I'm a metalhead here. I love your music and videos, Eric. Keep it up. I hope to see you live one day. You helped nudge me closer to libertarianism and away from socialism, hooking me in with your comic reviews. Thank you. That's, so again, that's to your point. That- that is that just again reinforces. I love hearing stories like that, and it's not even about my ego. It's about it's it's, it's showing that that's a it works, man. Like that's a that's something that works and that matters to a lot of people. I mean, I know a lot of folks that are right right minded thinking they 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 don't value that. They don't understand that. It's like okay, I can just convince everybody because I'm the smartest person in the world, and it's it's not always it's not that simple. If it was, we wouldn't be in this damn situation. So I love hearing stories like that, and it's 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 one that I hear often. And I love it. I absolutely love it that I was somehow able to impact someone's life in a, in a positive way. Um, but also to be able to do it. That's what I pride myself in, to be able to do it in the way that I do it with the music and the other things that I'm involved in. It's I, I, people think that is trivial, but I just don't think it is. I think this is this is how you win. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of you know, the flash, uh, ahead, I just have one follow up on that one is he, in in your previous video, you were arguing with um, someone who believes in social justice ideology, and he, he seemed to be having trouble understanding your point about um, uh, cultures that emphasize racial differences as being important will then therefore show studies where people say racial differences are important. <laughs> yeah, he, so, he, didn't, he didn't understand. I hope there was a grant for that study. That sounds yeah. fascinating. Yeah, like he, he didn't <laughs> he didn't seem to understand because I told him a lot of this is a learned trait, um, like uh, because it, it is cultural, and he couldn't seem to understand that there are for one cultures that exist right now that don't like get involved in this. Like th- their racial disputes aren't in the way that we we have them they are there in some cases and a lot of countries that non-existence that don't mean that they're that, that races aren't there it's just not like to the degree of it being hyper emphasized as it is here 
And he just couldn't understand it. He just couldn't. He couldn't understand that. Well, it's a learned trait. And I was trying to exercise like that in itself. The fact that if you go like in spots and pockets of South America, like, for example, they don't hit up there and have these stupid arguments uh, uh, because that's not what their culture. That's not what they grew up to believe or that's not what their culture is, not a reflection of that. And he just didn't seem to understand that. And what I was trying to just just let him in on how much of this is a learned trait. I always talk about that. Like if you talk about kids on a playground when they're young, they'll play with anybody. They don't care. They don't care to do it or play with anybody. It isn't until they get older and they start getting taught this bull crap where, oh, I have to migrate to or this type of person. This person, the same gender as me. This person, the same race as me. Therefore, I have to relate to them in, 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 in this way. And that has to define me. That stuff is taught, man. That's, that's not, not anything that they just come out the womb thinking. And that's what I was trying to express uh, uh, to them. Definitely when it when it even with the racial issues, if we want to stump them out, I think the the most criminal thing that people unfortunately do with, with these youngsters is they limit them to like their identity stuff they couldn't even control right like you are a woman therefore you're supposed to be this and uh you you can only relate to someone else if they're that you're black well you got to see someone black do it therefore you can't relate to someone else i'm like they are that that's not that doesn't make sense like you know like just because Another person the same color as me doesn't mean that I relate to him automatically or something like that. Like that doesn't even make sense. I couldn't control this. I came out of the womb like this. Oh, this is not anything for me to be bragging about or or anything. It's just how I how I am. And that's what I I, I don't like, unfortunately, that they and put that in or instill that that sort of value in so many youngsters. In which they like, oh, well, uh, I guess I have to see black Superman to think that I can accomplish things like, dude, you were taught that. That's not right. That's not a real thing, man. They right. do that with with girls a lot. Right. They, they say, oh, you, they need an example of you're never going to think that you could be a scientist if we don't show you a female scientist. Yes. And it's like, well, I, I don't. Which is true. really weird because it has the opposite effect. I, I've said this before to Carter, Eric, but, you know. Thankfully, when I was in elementary school, I didn't grow up with all this messaging about, you know, the future is female and women can do science, too. And, you know, come on, girls, like, let's do STEM. There was nothing targeted to me for being a girl about science and math. And thank God. And I went to a science and math. High, I got into a science and math high school. And and I, I kind of wonder if it had been different if I had been assaulted with all this messaging about girls can do science too. I would have been like, God, do, do we suck at science? Like, yeah. do we? <laughs> do no, we? you would have. You, you would have. Yeah. And that's what, and then it's like that person then has, uh, whether it be subconsciously, consciously, whatever you want to call it, they can't find value or relatability to another person unless they fit that particular bill, which to me is insulting. Like, uh, because that, again, you're limited in every, every, you're limiting, excuse me, every individual to some something that they couldn't control, which is it's, it's silly. So that's a taught thing. That's a learned behavior, man. Like that. That's that's not anything that they just come out like, oh, we. I have to see this black person do this for me to feel like I can do it. Like that's no. That's a taught. It's a learned trait, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I I've got a question. You were talking. Um, I forget what video it was, but you were. 
recently you had a video about in, in which you told people that when it was kind of along the lines of what you said at the beginning of this show where the left doesn't necessarily have the same standards or they don't have the same standards and trying to argue with them or 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 whatever using the same standards doesn't work um and you're not going to be successful and maybe it will work to show other people who are watching who have your yeah, standards that's about it um but you know it made me think and i wonder if you could comment on this i one thing that i've noticed is that they not just i've noticed uh, they use not only do they not have the same standards they actually use your standards against you Absolutely. and actually any good standard you have is used against you and i'm wondering if you can talk about how to overcome that or how Absolutely. to notice it. Or and to, it. just to echo that sentiment, that's 100% correct. This is one of my leading talking points when discussing this topic. And what I mean by that, an example of this, I say, looking like the conservative v. progressive, like in, in the political space, progressives benefit the absolute most from conservatives trying to lead with their they think they can lead with their right mind and that uh, they want to whatever exists right now, let's say in the more status paradigm, it needs to exist. All they're doing is ensuring the power structure of the people that will get it in whatever way that they have to get it. They got a lot of cheat still. They'll do it. And you saying, hey, here's the power structure that you can use to rule, rule over us. They'll use it. That's exact because they're there to win. Leftists are there to win, man. They're like they ain't there. They're not there to sit up here and play by their books. The analogy I always use is like it's like you're entering in a boxing ring, right? And 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 you're going to fight this other person. You go in there, everything by the books, gloves checked, wrapped, your hands wrapped, everything's good. Your enemy has weighed his gloves. He done bought off the refs. He done bought off the judges too. He ain't got, and he's done made it abundantly clear. He will kick you square in the, in the, in the sack if he has to. If he, whatever he has to do, he will do it. That's your enemy. That's your adversary right there. And they use your honesty and definitely the people that lead with ideas so much. They use that against you. This is why people, a lot of folks that, that are on those lines of thinking, they say Eric's a little, he's a little rough around the edges. I know that. I have to be this way. I wouldn't be winning if I wasn't this way. I use this example, and it may be in the. I may, I may have mentioned this in the in the card in the video that you 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 might be talking about. I can't remember, but there was this one chick who they can't pull the race card on me, obviously. So they go like usually with the homophobic. Well, wait, the, doesn't you just have internalized whiteness? And uh, they that, can... so, when they want to get real creative, they'll go there. Remember, straight white, they say straight black men are the white people of black people. That's, yeah. That's, yeah, that's what they say. So, but no, like they, she didn't want to pull. She couldn't pull that card. I can't even remember the topic I did uh, that I mentioned in that video that we were talking about. But she w went on said something about some just pulled it directly out of her behind. Saying, oh, it's, you're transphobe. I didn't even address it. I kept like I was probably mocking and shaming her uh, at that point. The, the conversation had been long derailed. I didn't even care at that point. But I didn't even address that point. And she sends like three more comments at that. And I don't even address it till she finally is like, you're not going to address these the, these supposed or uh, this comments of supposed transphobia. I said, nope. When the no requirement to sit here and defend myself from a position I don't have. They malfunction when you do that. They have no wow. 
Why? Wow. Why? Because they operate on the, they need you on defense. And quite often that's what you are. It's like, oh, I'm not racist. I'm not a transphobe. I don't hate women. I don't, I don't, uh, that's what they depend on you. Cause at that point, it's like a pigeon crapping on a chess table, man. They don't, it's derailed. They know that. And that's how they win. I do. I refuse to go there. The only people, like you were mentioning, and that I mentioned, Carter, in, in that video, and that it's really the people that are watching that already, even if they got led astray, that already that you may be able to convince with that just straight line logic. But those other guys, no, they want you. You that they, they try to use your honesty, your ideas, your uh, leading with facts, logic, reason. They try to use that against you. That's 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 uh, they they understand because they understand with themselves. They don't have any desire to do that. This is come on. We're talking about a side that the first card for the most part they're pulling is calling somebody a damn Nazi of all things. That that in itself tells you these people have no desire to to uh, address this address you with honesty when you are trying to conflate people with something as egregious as that but they absolutely depend on you being on the defense from that this is why i don't even go there with them i'm like nope not even they're, gonna talk yeah. about it. they're like so you're saying they're like cobra cobra kai yeah there you go there you <laughs> no go <mercy>. no, exactly, <laughs> exactly that's exactly I don't even what know they that. are they're there they're there to win man they're there to win they're not there to fight fair they're not prize fighters, man. They're not there. They're not there to fight fear. They will low blow you when the ref's not looking. Hell, the ref looks anyway. The, the ref will be looking. He'll low blow him, and the ref won't even. They won't even dock the point. They don't care because they don't bought them off anyway. So that's what. That's the side that you're dealing with. And again, your honesty. You're only put. You're only when you try to lead with straight reason and logic. You're only handicapping yourself. Well, and you legitimize. Like I mean, if they're going to lead with you're a Nazi or something like that, you you're legitimizing that as even a valid criticism True. by responding to it. What? It's like it's so invalid that it doesn't need a response. But I think you know the interesting thing for me to to realize is like if you are an actual Nazi, you're not offended by that. No, no, it, it only not. works if you're not actually yeah. a Nazi. Exactly, exactly. You you wouldn't be. It's like yeah, whatever. If, if that were actually the case. But they they know that you're not. They just know that that's something that history has rightfully so decided that that is an objectively bad thing. And nobody wants to be that. So they just want to. And it also I think this is speaking to a more important part is that they 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 use that to their advantage because to them, it feels like they justify any bad behavior. So anything that they do to you. Anything they do to you, it's like, well, he was a Nazi or she was a Nazi or she was a homophobe or she, you know, sexist or something like that. So whatever it is that they do that will in turn for them be bad um, and it is objectively bad behavior. They're like, well, I'm just doing it because that person is uh, a Yahtzee or whatever. Yeah, they're dehumanizing you. True. Yep. And it's funny because that'll be the side that says you dehumanize other people when that's exactly what it is that they're doing. Yeah. They're very good at projecting. Are, are you seeing uh, are you seeing a difference in generations? I mean, I don't I don't know if the comic book industry. I don't know if you get a good cross section of generations, but are you seeing different generational attitudes towards uh, the social justice left between like Gen X slash millennials and you know Gen Z or teenagers now? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it is definitely with those younger guys. Uh, the pendulum hasn't quite swung back as far as what I'm seeing. I think that it goes back to kind of what we were talking about with the COVID thing. And I think a lot of these these, these younger cats are just accepting that as that is what it is, right? Like it, it, like it is, as in that's how it, the world is supposed to be. Whereas to the other guys are trying to speak it into existence, the older guys uh, that are my age, definitely my age and, and, and younger, because uh, I'm only 30. And and these guys, that's really my general the AOC. Like that's that's my generation. That's the representative of of, of my generation. Her right there as luna, much of a lunatic. I might think that she is. There it is. That That's it coming into fruition. So. It, 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 obviously those younger folks are at that stage in their life where they're probably going to change at some point. So I think that's where a lot of folks look to the optimism. Uh, definitely the ones that decide to just be rebellious just for the sake, like a lot of young people do just, Hey, you were this, I want to be the opposite. Right. There's a lot of, and hopefully, you know, some of that stuff happens, but I see more of definitely in the comic books is it, it seems it's getting progressively worse because those guys are now getting power. Right. Those guys are now becoming writers. They're getting in control of the characters that uh, um, have been existing forever. But now they're telling their ideas again, because the lens that they see the world is the lens that they had been told it is uh, when it's not. It's not reality by any means, but that's the lens from which they see it. So a lot of these young folks, pendulum hasn't quite swung back yet. It's more of they just see. It's what they just the way that they see this. And we're sitting there arguing about all this social justice for them. It's not even up for debate. It's just is. Well, that's scary. Yeah, it is. Duh, it should be. It absolutely should be. <laughs> how much longer can some of these? Uh, I mean, yeah. How much longer can DC or Marvel or Disney uh, live on the borrowed time of these franchises that they own? It's it's and that, you put it in perfect terms because that's exactly what it is. They benefit from being having pro control of things that have existed for it had been a part of people's even childhood. You know, a lot, a lot of us and a lot of these characters like they've been existing longer than that. You know, Batman, the Superman's of the world, they, they owe them a mother. And it's like. How long can that happen? And this is what gives me a little more optimism. Because people, at least from what I'm seeing in the creative space, maybe not necessarily from the supportive uh, the consumer base, but certainly in the creative space are starting to realize how much they have access to. Right. And how even like cheap it is these days. I had Nick Cersei, uh on my channel uh, not too long ago and we were talking about, uh, you know, he was a part of excess FX is uh, justified that that show that was a thing for a while. And he was talking about how, man, with like cameras, like hell, even the camera that I'm using right now, like this stuff looks better than than, than predates, uh, like a lot of stuff that we've seen over the last decade, because they've made it portable, right? They're more affordable, they're more widespread. Same can be said for a lot of other distribution mm -hmm. things where they had monopoly on it at first. It had to go through them. Now this is why a lot of these. Like the Alex Stamos of the world and the Brian Steltz's of the world, they hate YouTubers because yeah. like those bigger ones have more of a following than they're watching more uh, of their stuff than, let's say, CNN in the morning. They hate that because at some point they're going to lose control of that or at minimum they're going to have to pivot. 
because right now they are on borrowed time. They are. They just, it's just the fact that they have control of stuff that existed for a very long time before it was crap, namely with Marvel and DC. So as people start to get privy and, and start to be able to navigate and they're like, well, I can just come up with my own book. Hell, I can. I don't have to go through Diamond or whatever. I can go sell it this way. This distributor right here is more independent. I can go put out a movie on, you know, YouTube or something like that. And people are starting to realize that. I think the trick is trying to get the consumer to accept that as a legitimate thing. But I'm more optimistic because a lot of people are, are st- from the from the creator standpoint are starting to realize how much power they actually have. So how much longer can they can can it can this last? I don't know. But I will tell you this. Let's assume in the case of Marvel DC. Let's say for example, I'm I'm a, I'm launching my own, you know, comic line here here soon. I ain't a deal with a, a publication or something like that from a from a like they want to a production studio. They want to do an animated series on it. That animated series is a hit. That's when they start sweating. And yeah. let's go one of two ways. The advantage they have is, again, the first in the best dress. So the advantage they have is they can pivot. Right. But if they don't, they're just going to get ran into the ground. They'll, you know, they'll become more obsolete. That doesn't sound like a realistic thing. But, you know, I didn't think MySpace wasn't going to be a thing either. At that yeah. Time. One point. So who's to say that? Well, or uh, blockbuster video. Yeah, there's another one. (laughs) If you look at some of the like the, it's a very small number of Fortune 500 companies from 50 years ago that are still in existence today. Like that's just how it goes. Uh, We tend to think of these large behemoths as never running out of cash and never going away, but you do run out of cash eventually. And if you mismanagement and you know if you mismanage things enough, eventually you don't pivot. Uh, especially if SJWs are in charge, oh, and they, they you know, their goal isn't even money to start with. So. Yeah, that's true. They don't even care about making money, man. They, they'll run that bad boy into the ground and like, I ain't going to get out their way at this point. I just want to hopefully create an alternative, like seriously, that can compete, you know, with these guys. And I think it's just a lot more realistic than what it was. Music is a prime example. Music right now, the industry is still trying to adjust to streaming. They, st- they haven't figured it out. They don't even know what a what is a platinum record. What is what is a what is that? Like they don't even know. They're still trying to decide what this stuff is, and it's ever changing. Um, and that was a prime example of where you got guys that were completely independent that are winning awards or rather selling a lot of records backwards. We was set with a self release. I ended. We ended up with I was all we were all, all number one alternative new artist had a number two heat singer album on, on Billboard. We. That was unheard of back, back in the gap. Like, wow. you don't have to do that anymore. And I think the more people as creators realize that we just simply don't got to go through them. Again, they got one or two options, pivot or they get ran into the ground and we'll see what happens. I think you're right. I think you're right with it. You know, I used to work in the comedy world in uh, television and, you know, concert comedy films and they they all buy all the buyers they just buy whatever they think is currently culturally popular and if a show is a hit they try and repeat that so when anthony bourdain was a hit they're all looking for shows like anthony bourdain and now it's just a bunch of those people those gatekeepers who make these decisions at these big studios and companies they they see social justice is culturally big it's the thing so they're trying to sell shows like that but if we change the culture or if someone comes from out of nowhere and does something that takes off online or 
you know, and then get, like you said, maybe goes to animated series or gets an actual, like gets a deal from one of these places. They'll all be looking for that too. I really believe that. Because they're not, they're not sincere social justice warriors. No, no, no. This is lucrative <laughs> right now. They just, for them, they think that this is what uh, people want. Now, fortunately, um, uh, the benefit that like the DCs or the Marvel of the world, they got like other properties that can be profitable that mm. they can pull. Like, so I don't, I, there's no way these damn comic books are making any money right now. Uh, but they have control of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so they can probably reroute the funds, right? Uh, that's the best. That's the, that's the benefit. So they look at it from the standpoint in that. And this is why I say the insane people control the asylum right now, um, because it, it's like it, it's lucrative right now. They think that was lucrative. Yeah. A lot of people look on the Internet, probably listening to people on Instagram, Twitter or whatever, doing whatever yeah. it is that they they want to do. They're like, OK, that's what the people want. Now, again, I, I, I long long. Is that. Something that is going to be sustainable. I just don't see it happening, man. I don't. What do you, what do you think? Where would you point people to some good art, comics or music or whatever that's not that's not in these guys' wheelhouse? That's you know not comics that aren't Marvel or DC or yeah. You know, there's a lot of uh, people that are in the independent circuit. I think the most notable because it was a whole movement behind it was that comics gate community with uh, Ethan Van Skyver, who used to write with, he, he did a lot of uh, DC work. He also did some Marvel stuff with like X-Men and he comes out with like cyber fraud comic as an independent person. And it's a, it's a literal million dollar, like m- million is the, like the biggest crowdfunded comic book like on Indiegogo, right? Yeah. Literally million, literally he's made more money off of that than I'm sure he ever made uh, doing uh, like working for Marvel or DC, right? And that that in itself has its own community. There's a lot of independent uh, independent guys that are doing, uh, d- doing their thing. I think that's just the most notable because you saw someone cross out of that space like Ethan did um into and it was like a cancellation basically people saw that he, he was a trump supporter you know what I mean? like people saw that and then he's like he comes out of that says all right we're gonna do our own thing and fans caught him you know what i mean they, they, they absolutely caught him so that community in itself is, is doing their thing music wise it, it's harder um it's harder to identify because a lot of these people are in the closet you know what I mean? But there is guys like myself. Phil Abonte is a good friend of mine. He's in the, him and I are in the same scene. He's the lead singer of All That Remains. And though they're not the like beating over, beating the audience over the head with the message, he is an outspoken and proud libertarian. Uh, so he doesn't hate you. He, he, he doesn't hate you uh, at all. So guys like that, my buddy in uh, Fifth Ward King, uh, Ryan Kirby, is another guy in the metalcore scene, if you're into that. Uh, he he's not as again outspoken as I am. Then again, fucking not that many people that are. Uh, uh, but he's a fellow libertarian, so they exist. But everybody else, they're in the closet. They're like they're like in the closet. They're like, okay, I'm. I agree, but man, I can't I can't say that. I, to that, I say this doesn't stop. This is why I respected Gina Carano so much. I mean, Gina was like, she didn't bend a knee. She's my guy. Yeah. More, more, more balls than a lot of these other creators. She just said, you gonna cancel me? You gonna cancel me? But and it sucks, but. She never bent the knee. She's still to this day. She doesn't. And I, and I love it. I love it. Yeah. We have a what about chat anime? Is anime woke? Oh. Sorry. Well, anime. we have a chat. I just Go want ahead. to say it says, hey, Eric, I'm looking forward to your Zack Snyder Justice League breakdown. Yeah, that's uh, I've been talking that up. Uh, it's a two hour long uh, like 
I do the comic book history of Justice League, and then we talk about that. That may go out tonight. After this, I'll be working on it, and it oh may. Oh my goodness! Tonight. Yeah, it's literally two hours. It is literally it's it's two hours, maybe a little more than two hours, but for sure, got some things that we're gonna. It's gonna it looks it looks very good. Um, I think everybody's gonna enjoy it. I can't wait to get that stuff out. So yeah, I'll be on the lookout for that. That that may come out tonight. Cool. Well, I'm gonna go back to the other the other question, which I saw someone in chat ask: is 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 anime woke? No, um, and it's I think someone wanted to me like that's another avenue that people can go to. That's probably where that where that guy is alluding to, where that genre has not been infested by maybe out here, but not it overall has not been infested with social justice bullcrap. And this is anime and manga is an example of why I can't allow these idiot Marvel DC writers any slacks. I I can't. Because it's like every, I don't know, you always hear about a new anime, a new, a, a, a new like, let's say, a, a, a manga, but definitely more so from the anime, that is just fresh. It's like brand new. It's not a rendition of, of what already happened. Yeah, you got some long-standing stuff like Dragon Ball that continues to go to these days. Uh, uh, but uh, most of them aren't. It's like something that's brand new. Yet... It, People, for whatever reason, act like everything's been done. And then I go see an anime that's like the best thing ever. And I'm like, no, it hasn't. No, they're just way more creative than everybody else. <laughs> because they're not leading with this bull crap. But that's what happened. It's almost like if you don't lead with, with trying to be an advocate of social justice, you could come up with something that's creative. It's almost like yeah. that's the point that we've been making. But anime and manga, for sure, uh, it, it, it points that out for sure. Well, you got to imagine someone who's actually creative doesn't want to work for Marvel or DC because they get stifled all the time. That's right? true. That, that, that you don't have the freedom to even suggest stuff. Like if you say the wrong thing in a meeting, how about we do blah, blah, blah. Like you, you get fired. Yeah, you're fired. That's true. That's a good point. That's a, that's a great so, point. That's a great point. Huh. Do you Are you concerned? So, you know, as a libertarian slash ANCAP, uh, are you concerned that uh, there, even if we win against the social justice arm of the left, that we've kind of slid so far into socialist mentality generally that really it were postponing the inevitable? No, I guess I'm way more optimistic than that. I do think that they're the biggest threat for the for the for right now. Um, I, I'm not oblivious to that. I think there are libertarians that are. Um, and I, that's again, goes back to the cultural ineptitude that I'd say these guys have or ineptness rather where they just have no idea what the hell is going on. I will consider them the biggest threat. But um, if anything, I think if, if, if we become victorious in that element, it should get people like amped up, like, OK, liberty can win. Um, but I don't think we're prolonging the inevitable by by any means by trying to fight this garbage off. But this is why it's so important to to be unapologetic and, and passionate about what it is that we we believe in, because that's generally what it's almost like galvanizing the troops. You know what I mean? It's like you're getting a morale boost, if you will. So I'm just more I'm just way more optimistic than that. I don't I don't believe that there's anything that's inevitable. I just some market at the end of the day. There's no way that I can I can predict exactly what's going to happen. And I've seen crazier things. I've seen a lot of crazy things over the course of my I'm not that old, but crazy things happen, man. And, and things that you don't think would happen ends up ends up happening because you couldn't predict it. And, and then there's something new that gets introduced 
that that changes things like, uh, you know, Bitcoin or something like that in terms of what it introduces something is it's it's wouldn't thought of necessarily a relevant coming to fruition like it did before. So it's it's it, I'm, I'm just way more optimistic. I know some people think of it as prolonged and inevitable. I just don't simply believe in that hill, even with the social. It wasn't this bad. Hell, I'd argue that. Late nineties, early two thousands, we probably was was over this this hook this hump of like racial bullcrap. Like I'm not saying oh, that yeah. there, were, there weren't people that were into that, but it like we were we were probably over the hump by then because we didn't obsess over like racism and stuff like we do to this day. You know what I mean? So it things can change for sure. Yeah. Hey, what yeah. do you think it is about you that? helps you to see through the noise and see through the machine and the propaganda and stuff. I always, I'm always curious about what people, some people we've talked to, they say, you know, it might be that I have a, a grandma who, who lived through communism or it might, and I heard stories from her, or it might be this other thing about me. What do you think it is about you? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's experience more than anything. Um, it's, I grew up and I, a knucklehead for lack of better terms. Um, I used to, used to gang bang and do all sh- stuff like that, that, that so many definitely black young black brothers get involved in. And fortunately for me, I made it out on the other side, um, having not been dead in jail um, for, for, an ex- for a long time. And my thing is my experience in itself just allows me to and i've learned from that most importantly a lot of people go through grimy stuff and they don't learn nothing from it whereas Mm -hmm. i went and experienced all that bull crap and i was able to to come out of that like okay it ain't just about not doing that it's about okay trying to understand why it was that i did it you know what i mean what led me down this path and that's why I'm always I'm always I'm like this communication. That's that's the lead the thing that I that I lead with, and, and and with everything. I know I've reiterated this on this show, and that experience just has allowed me to communicate with so many different audiences, no matter where it is that I'm at. Um, there's so many different avenues you've mentioned, whether it be with the comic books, whether it be with the like. I don't package the message the same exact way for each audience. Um, I think it's it would be stupid for me to do that. My experience has allowed me to understand that that in itself is a thing. And I also am, am I, 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 I'm not like egotistical to the sense to where, like, I feel as if my ignorance on something is a is offensive. So right. I, I, I know when I don't know and yeah. I have no problem with not knowing. I just won't speak aggressively on something or approach it. Like, you know, that's what I always say. Ignorance crosses into stupidity. You know what I mean? When you know you're ignorant on something, yet you have like a loud mouth opinion on it um, or, or something of that nature. So me being uh, just just having that that experience that a lot of people fortunately fortune, I would say fortunately didn't have. But fortunately for me, I guess I had it because I got I at least got to learn from it. It, it is uh, allows me to see through a lot of this bull crap. But most importantly, it also allows me to to be effective in my communication and whether it be trying to teach people about these concepts of liberty or just trying to get them off of what uh, uh, within, like, say, for the sake of conversation, this social justice bullcrap, trying to get them to understand that for what it what it is, not what they want it to be, I guess. more. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's humility. You're talking also about humility, yeah. not being, not being that I had never heard it phrased that way before. That's a great way of putting it though. Not being so arrogant that you're, you're, you take your, you're offended by your own ignorance, yeah. which is what most people are. <laughs> That's why they project. That's why they, they uh, are so aggressive to people that may not think in the, in the same way they do because they, they, they can't, they can't fathom a, a world in which they got it wrong or they don't know. And that is something that I am the I'm the I'm on the opposite end on that. Like I have I have, I'm always learning something, but I also I will I admit when I don't know when I don't know people ask me I know it seems like I'm an encyclopedia up here with this comic book stuff, but there are some things that I don't know. And people will ask me like, how did you feel about this, this, and this? I'm like, not that familiar with it. I have no problem. I could be an arrogant like Google normie or something and try to become an expert real quick. But that's not that's not real. That's not genuine, man. And and and, and it, it, you have to you have to approach it with some sort of humility. You have to do that if you want to learn from it. Like you can't even seek the proper knowledge if you don't understand that you're ignorant on a particular subject. Doesn't matter what it is. Like if you think that you know it all, or rather, you're so offended by your own ignorance then what incentive do you have to go seek the knowledge for it? Yep. Yeah, well said. You said you had kids? No, no, I, I don't. Not, not oh, yet. Okay. Not yet. Not yet. I, um, was conf- I was confused. I didn't know you had kids, but you... you no, 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 no. Not, not yet. Uh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge here soon. Uh, soon enough, but not yet. Are, what, do you, what do you think the... Uh, will you, would you homeschool kids? What would you tell parents of young kids right now? <laughs> get them the hell out of public school if, if that's that's number one get them out of that indoctrination get them out like that thing is rotten to the core and there ain't no way in hell when i do go that route there's no way in in hell that i would put, drop them off there homeschool private those are the only things that i'm entertaining public school is a hell no it ain't it's just no i wouldn't i wouldn't allow them to suffer that abuse it's just rotten definitely i think this covid thing um, and I'm pretty sure there's parents in the chat and, 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 and this COVID thing had to had to show people how rotten to the core this thing is like that, how how high it is. And these teachers unions and how much power that they're able to wield. Like, number one, if, if I'm giving anybody advice going forward, definitely for those of you that value liberty, get them up out of there. Uh, get them if you get uh, if you can. I know sometimes it is an economic situation. I get it. But if you can, get them out. There are options. And if there are options around you, get them the hell up out of there. Because that public indoctrination camp is where a lot of these knuckleheads are, are, are learning this, this, this information. Yeah. Bad yeah. information. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of parents assume that pulling them out of school and trying to homeschool, they'll miss out on some sort of knowledge or experience that's valuable in public school. And uh, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, there's, all, there's, and there's also so many mediums yeah. in which you could have extracurricular activities, right? Yep. While being homeschooled or while going to a more a more private school, I, I think that definitely with with as much connectivity that we have, I think obviously the education system is just it's it's it's, it's rotten and probably always was, but it's certainly outdated. I feel like we have to for sure at minimum concede that. Uh, but yeah, with the amounts of vast amounts of like just just uh. uh like if that's something that you're really worried about, you know, there's, there's, you can still homeschool people in groups. Hell, you can home like that. Yeah. That is a thing in private schools. Um, those are, those are things. So I, I don't think that that person is maybe missing out on it. Cause that's 
probably the the one place that people will ever see violence experience that in those big yes. public schools. Uh, maybe that's what you're missing out on, you know. But other than that, they ain't no. Uh, you can get well. You have to be prepped for prison somehow. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Public exactly. schools are great prep for prison. Absolutely. They tell you when to get up, when you can pee, where to Absolutely. go, what to eat, and you get picked on and beat up. Absolutely, so it's all good. That's how you build a community of activists. <laughs> Eric, I know you have somebody in the chat said you have a mixtape coming out. Um, mm -hmm. Can you tell us some of the stuff that you have in the works? Yeah, what so I'm I'm, get, I'm dropping out a mixtape for free. You'll put you'll see it on streaming services, but for either my website or the band's website, we'll have it out there for free. I don't care if you if if we get paid for it or not. This is something as a thank you uh, that look, I it's fun being in a band that I am and. The only negative that is, is because we're so all over the place with, with our style, you get people that want one or the other of it, like want more of it. So if I do, if, if, if like Alex does his little R&B song that he has on the album, people like they want a whole tape of that. Or I do just a rap song where it's no metal. They want a whole tape of it. We have a more hardcore slanted or more metalcore slant. So the mixtape is for those of you that just want to hear me spit. They just want rap. They just want strictly. It's no metal in it. It's no hardcore music. That's coming down. Uh, that's like the next released project that you'll see. We also have uh, definitely as this reopening stuff is happening. Hopefully we can get on the road later. Um, but we have some stuff that we've been. The album, album two for the band has always been done. Like for the most part, we just couldn't release it because we couldn't tour. That's the only so we've been sitting on that. That's ready to rock. It's just whenever we can get back on the road, that will that will be a thing. But for sure, the tape and we may give people like a little taste, like a sing, single or something that won't be on the album because we got so many throwaways, so much throwaway stuff that we've done um, like uh, that we can release. So tape first, then maybe something in between. And then hopefully we can you know, guess as places, uh, uh, you know, make it legal to, to perform in front of people, we'll be able to uh, go travel outside of Texas. Texas is over 100%. We, we'll probably do a little Texas run or something, but if we're going to... Where in Texas? I'm in Texas. Well, I will be doing, we'll probably do everywhere. Probably like from Dallas, San Antonio, Austin, Houston. Um, we probably will do a run, um, a Texas run first because that Texas is wide open yeah. and, and most of the band is, 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 is based out of out of Texas, but like a full tour, hopefully we can get that done at some point. But Texas, obviously, is probably it's got to be first. Cause, I'm going to be at your Texas shows. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Are do you go to? Are you at? Do you go to Pork Fest? I've done Pork Fest. Have you done twice or, or once? I know there was one year that we for sure did, and I think they're trying to get me that this year. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it happen, but for sure. We've done it. The band's done it. The band did it one year uh, where we, the whole band came out there and we were like on the way to do, we did a little run out of it. Like we did other places, but we ended up doing New Hampshire uh, there. So yeah, we've done, we've done part. I spoke, spoke there as well. So, so always a good time. I just wanted to ask you about the free state project and what your thoughts are on it. Cause libertarians, it's one of those, I don't know. We're all supposed to love the free state project, but few of us live in New Hampshire. So. Yeah, it's it's like uh, one of those things that I don't get in their way. Um, I also don't like the climate in New Hampshire, so I can't do it. Uh, and 
But if there is something it, 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 that they can pull off and and at least in that lo- locale, somewhere around there, can bring about a more freer place, they got my support. You know, even if I'm not going to be the one reaping the benefits from it, I, 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 I like to see that there are people trying to turn things into like something that's more actionable, like um, not just about theories and stuff. And they're actually trying to do something. If it succeeds or fails, doesn't matter. I credit them for at least trying to make sure they did. And then there's been a lot of people that move, move to that area um, specifically for that. So hopefully they can as, as it progresses. They they can make that come into fruition even more. Yeah, yeah. I think a few thousand people at least have. Been. Yeah, I'm just curious because yeah, yeah. I can't I can't do it. It's I mean I can, but that it's too cold, man. From Texas, man. Like I, I can't I can't I can't do the New Hampshire. Are you from Texas? Yeah, I'm from Texas. I'm from I'm from Dallas. You oh. know, like I'm, I'm, oh, right okay. on. Yeah, so I can't. Nah, man, I can't. I can't do that. Uh, How are you going to stop us horrible Californians from ruining your state? We're on our way. Well, as long as y'all pile up in Austin, I'm fine. <laughs> like, like, like that. And that's to be fair. That's where they're going. So as long yeah. as they, that's our, that's been blue. Like whatever. Like y'all go run that bad boy into the ground. If y'all, if y'all want to, like, I mean, I know like I got a lot of Austin fans that are like, stop telling them that. I'm just yeah. saying that's <laughs> where well, they're, they're going. You know what? They're, they're bleeding out because I'm up in Williamson County. Now. Uh, I've, been in, I've been in Georgetown for a couple of years and they're bleeding out. We yeah. went blue this time. Yeah. Oh, and wow. We have a woke, uh, you know, that show Portlandia. We have one of those kind of feminist uh, bookstores. Uh, <laughs> it's no, worse than that. Yeah. No. But uh, uh, that's, uh, what, yeah. that's Boy, I, I just I mean, if y'all have to do it, go to Austin. That's all I say. <laughs> go to Austin. Go to Austin. Go, go pile in there and leave everybody else to hell alone. Yeah. So why don't you tell people we're going to put we have the links up where people can find mm-hmm. you, but just tell mm-hmm. people real quick where they can find you online. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, the YouTube obviously is Young Ripper five nine, the number five, number nine. It says as well as Odyssey. That's O-D-Y-S-E-E. You can see us there um, over there as well. My show is at 1 p.m. throughout the week um, and we and we do have it live called for Kenneth's sake, um, as you guys mentioned earlier. And uh, you can go visit forcannonsake.com, but everything, and we're getting a complete overhaul of my website, ericdjuly.com, which you'll be able to get everything there. We're going to be phasing out Patreon soon, and I'm going to be housing all of that stuff on my own website, um, which I'm very excited about. So ericdjuly.com, you can get links to everything, YouTube, Twitter. It just makes it easy for you. You know, I I meant to ask you what for cannon's sake means. For cannon's sake, I'm uh, glad you asked that. It's canon in the sense of comic books uh the show was never supposed to be about strict politics i know sometimes definitely elected around the election time it seemed to turn into that but like today we were talking about comic book stuff um that's what the show was supposed to always be about it was supposed to be more we talked about the politics stuff but it was always the like gaming and and, and and comic book stuff. So canon references, obviously the concept of to me what has been the most important thing and why I got into comics is the idea that these characters have legacy, have histories, and they all mesh together and they're part of this larger, larger uh, shared universe. So that's what the canon in for canon sake, instead of for saying like for God's sake, yeah. is like for canon sake. That makes much more sense to me now that I understand. You don't mess with canon. (laughs) No, you don't. don't Leave it alone, man. If people trying to ruin it and think they, oh, I need to change it. No, you don't. Like, leave it alone. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but what if it's not woke? 
especially, especially leave it alone. If it's not, if it's not, uh, no, canon nowadays for like Marvel and DC, it's like in, inconvenience. That's what it is for them. They're like they don't want, they want to be able to tell stupid, goofy stories of ver- or weird versions of characters that we've, you know, known and love. And that's what the SJWs do. They, they exist to infest parasites. Yeah. Well, they, they're not allowed, you're not allowed to have fun if you're, uh, in the SGW world, fun is is outlawed. So. <laughs> very true. Uh, if and they racist. see you enjoying something, there's a problem with it. Yes, it's, so. it's very fun is racist <laughs> and sex is, is homophobic right. and all of that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Any final messages you have? By the way, we really appreciate you coming on uh, and taking your time. I know, like you're a machine. The, the amount of live hours you do in a day is insane. Um, thank you for spending those some of those hours with us. Uh, is there any kind of final messages or anything you want to? Tell our audience. No, um, look, it just uh, it's everything that we've been talking about. I, again, I think it's a very, very important thing. I think a lot of folks out here are that see something is wrong, and they they are wondering how they can help. Even if they, you don't have to be a commentator or a public figure or something like that. It's always leading with culture. So if you learn anything else, it's just use what you already are around um, and what you are already familiar with and the subcultures that you are familiar with to be able to change people's lives. You'd be surprised how successful you're actually, you're going to be and also how more effective you are than people who decide to neglect it. Yeah. I have a, before we end Carter, I'm spring. I just, I just decided to do this. So it's a surprise for me too. Uh, I'm going to do just three questions for you. Then we'll end Uh, free association. Uh, th- this podcast I was just on, Disaffected Podcast, Josh Slocum, the host, did this, and I thought it was really fun. So just tell me your first thought. Batman or Superman? Batman. <laughs> Correct. Uh, t- Tabasco or Cholula? Tabasco. Oh, you're so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Tabasco. <laughs> no, I, that's a hill I will die on. Uh, <laughs> Glocka Beretta. Oh man, I'm a Sig guy. I can't do anything. Oh, uh, that's, that's uh, I actually think that's the correct answer. <laughs> yeah, that's the correct Sig. Sig all day long. Sig saw you, man. I'm a Sig guy. <laughs> Thank you. Actually, I will say the correct answer was 1911. And uh, <laughs> there you go. You failed miserably. All right. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Eric. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. I love talking to you. Love your stuff. Uh, everyone, go check out his YouTube channel and Twitter and everything else. We'll put the links below. Thank Take you. Care. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Bye, Carter. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy, so go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it.
the following co-conspirators have confessed to crime think. For your protection, contact with these individuals is strictly prohibited. Did you know that liberty is just a dog whistle for, insert evil ideology? If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Oh no, please do not protest against racism. Anything but that. I beg you. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.